0: Welcome to PEMBA On Demand. I'm Norm Chapin, your host. I am very excited to welcome you to our podcast. PEMBA On Demand is produced for physicians interested in professional development. We will be discussing a wide range of topics on the podcast. I will be interviewing physician leaders from the U.S. and from other countries who have graduated from the Physician Executive MBA program at the University of Tennessee, These physicians will be sharing stories of professional and personal growth, overcoming challenges in their organizations, and discussing key leadership skills they have learned from the MBA program and ongoing professional development. Welcome to PEMBA On Demand, Physician Leaders Making a Difference. I'm glad that you could join us for this podcast. We have an exciting guest and show for you tonight with a physician leader and physician entrepreneur. Our second guest, who I'm equally pleased to introduce, is Dr. Louisa Caprono. Dr. Caprono is also an alumnus of the University of Tennessee's PEMBA program, graduating in 2020. Dr. Caprono is duly board certified, completing her residency in OBGYN, followed by a maternal fetal medicine fellowship. She completed both at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Dr. Caprono is a physician leader, entrepreneur, founding two companies. She's also a motivational speaker and most recently an author. Louisa founded World Gateway Perinatal Consultants in 2018 and then in 2022 founded her most recent venture, Telemed MFM. Her new book is entitled Push, Then Breathe, Trauma, Triumph, and the Making of an American Doctor. I am really excited for you today to learn about Dr. Caprono's work in telemedicine and the impact it's having on her life and the lives of her patients. Louisa, welcome very
1: much to PEMBA On Demand. Thank you, Norm. Um, I am um, excited and honored to be a guest at the launch of PEMBA On Demand series. Um, I am very, very happy to be an alumnus of um, University of Tennessee in Knoxville.
0: Great, well, welcome again, and I'll let you move right into your presentation.
1: So, um, as Norm um, indicated, uh, I am um, a maternal and fetal medicine physician, completed my OBGYN residency, and I'm dually boarded in uh, OB-GYN and maternal and fetal medicine. Um, I uh, am uh, also uh, the founder and CEO of World Gateway Perinatal Consultants telemed MFM, and uh, recently, Dr. Louisa Kay, um, the entrepreneurial and um, self-help, self-motivational program through my book, Uh, Push, Then Breathe. So you may wonder how the journey all started. Um, So, well... um, A decade ago, um, I finished my fellowship in maternal and fetal medicine. And um, then I spent about 10 years in uh, leadership, uh, both in Southern Indiana and uh, also in San Antonio, Texas. At the end of August, 2022, when my former employer, um, pediatrics medical group closed down the practice in San Antonio, Texas, I arrived at Crossroads. Follow the same path as I have for the past decade, sign another employment agreement um, and just do my job that I've been doing so far or take the road less traveled and become a trailblazer for the present times. I choose the latter because I became exhausted really in investing in someone else's dream. So I decided to try something new, invest in mine. In between 2018, when I founded World Gateway Perinatal Consultants, which is the parent company of my organization, specializing in women health and international medical humanitarian missions, and 2022, when I launched Telemed MFM. I uh, completed my master's in business administration, a physician geared and physician executive at University of Tennessee in Knoxville. So what is uh, Telemed MFM? Telemed MFM is a high risk pregnancy care practice, which its broad vision is providing telemed solutions and access to maternal fetal care for all patients, irregardless of board, geographical borders. We provide virtual consultations. We address delays in evaluation, assessment, plan, and treatment that presently we are facing with through the traditional, also the referral processes that are at the present time. And our main goal to serve the underserved, the ones in the rural areas, keeping in mind that 99% of maternal and fetal medicine specialists uh, are uh, practicing in large urban areas. Truly, the vast majority of our patients are in non-urban and rural areas. So what my practice provides to medical organizations and hospitals is really to bring our location to their location and, you know, serve patients from afar and uh, provide high-risk medical care to their unborn and to the mother's. Next slide. So you may wonder how does this work. So there are opportunities and there are challenges to this. First, you know one should have a vision uh, of whatever their project they have in mind and really sit down and brainstorm. Brainstorm. Get a piece of paper, get a pen, and start writing down the you know their ideas. Provide themselves with a business plan um and um also make sure that um legalities are all taken care of like medical licenses uh like myself i am i have a medical license in multiple states medical liability insurance has to be taken care of um credentialing process and so forth now with the advent of the com, uh, compact system which is a more streamlined licensing program for physicians, it becomes um, slightly easier and more uh, Streamline and faster on the licensing process. Unfortunately, not all states uh, do participate, but most of them do. Least of them all is my location, obviously, because I am um, available everywhere through the virtual means, uh, both uh, synchronous and asynchronous audiovisual means that are encrypted uh, from end to end. So they are HIPAA compliant. The other thing that you want to keep in mind that once you launch a business, it's just not about just launching. You have to maintain it as consistency and um, really self-discipline is very important in marketing. It took about six months to be able to take take this business off the ground and uh, start making it run smoothly. A lot of uh, Work involved a lot of late nights and early mornings. Um, and always again, remember that marketing and having a business strategy and really communicate with everyone that is involved in every one of your clients or future clients is extremely important. So what have I learned from this experience? I can tell you, uh, it's been both a um, experience that is um, scary. And amazing at the same time. Founding a brand new practice uh, in my specialty, telemed MFM, in my fifties, and not just any practice. It's a telehealth at the end of COVID pandemic and at the closure of my former practice that I ran for the previous five years. Well, it's a uh, it's been the, quite the ride. Additionally, um, it's it is the fact that it is my practice that I able to tailor to uh, my clients and my patients needs um and uh, being able to do it in an efficient manner and a more patient driven and um, referring obese driven than must rather than a corporate type of healthcare that we experience right now. The fundamental lesson that I want to pass to our physician listeners is to follow your heart's desire, don't ever let anyone or anything hold you back from accomplishing your dream, whatever that may be, whether it's opening your own medical practice, launching a new business venture. If the idea to start something new and different is keeping you up at night, dreaming about it, and it fills your eyes with sparkle when you speak about it, then it's time so that in addition uh, uh just a couple of months ago i launched my second company and that is in the advent of the publication of my book my 1st nonfiction book which is push and breathe and uh, that is together with the platform that i am launching which is the self-empowerment and self-help and thought leadership
0: well that's that's very interesting. Thank you, Louisa, for sharing a little bit with us. As I listened to you talk, uh, hundreds of questions came to my mind. But one of the first questions that, that I had, and this was even as we were talking about doing the live stream and, stream and bringing you on the show, is I, I guess I've never thought of maternal fetal medicine as a practice that was amenable. To a telemedicine approach, how how do you actually practice MFM without any direct patient contact?
1: So it's interesting, but I do get that question more often than not. So back in the days, when I say that about twenty years ago, uh, maternal fetal medicine physicians were, you know, used to have their own prenatal care patients for high risk patients. So really do prenatal care in their offices. And at the end of that, um, period, nine months, then those patients will be delivered by MFMs. It has been a change and specifically in the last 10 years because of, um, the specialty. The specialty is quite young. It's about 30 years old. The problem um, where well, the conundrum that we are in, that are not a lot of us. There are about only 1,300 physicians, matronomic medicine specialists, out of which about 900 that are practicing full-time and boarded. So that against 30, 370 million or so, um, you know, American people, that is a very, very d- discrepant number or ratio rather. So slowly, the maternal fetal medicine physicians started to move towards a more consultative venue, allowing the OBGYNs, who are, you know, who is really our specialty, um, initial specialty, let's call it, to provide medical care, prenatal care to their patients and to also do deliveries as being the ones who do consultations and co manage. So imagine what we're doing today talking to you and speaking with you, Norm, through the virtual means. Um, and same way I speak with my patients, I consult, um, everything gets done, like I said, encrypted. Uh, my system is actually integrated into the healthcare and hospital system I work with, uh, just like I, I would be on site. Uh, that, that's how really how far we came along with the virtual and uh, telemedicine or telehealth care of our specialty. Again, the same thing, I go in uh, virtually, I look at the, the scans, um, I write my reports, and um, if that is necessary, at that time, I talk to the patients afterwards about any specific findings, and then I do a consultation and I render care. So, really, the only two differences are that, one, I am not in the same room presently or physically uh, with the patient, A, B that pretty really rather limited amount of procedures that we now do as our patient, like CBS and amniocentesis, uh, which are actually decreasing in numbers because of the advances in genetic testing, non-invasive clinical testing, that is done by the physicians who are in person in the clinic at that time.
0: Okay. So it's been two things, a change in the way that MFM is practiced plus an in- enhancement in the technology that you have available that has limited the procedural nature of the specialty, it sounds like. This podcast is sponsored by the Physician Executive MBA Program at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville's Haslam College of Business. In less than one calendar year, this program will equip you with valuable business acumen and leadership development not found in traditional medical school curriculum. Are you ready to join the longest-running physician-only MBA program in the country and a network of nearly 1,000 PEMBA graduates? Visit tiny.utk.edu forward slash POD podcast for information about this exciting opportunity. And now we'll return to the episode. So you mentioned that you work with a hospital system. Do you work with one hospital system or more than one?
1: At this time, uh, I work, at this particular time, uh, point in time, I work with one hospital system. Um, they are a very large system in uh, central uh, United States, in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I'm very um, proud and uh happy to say that you know they are they are an excellent system uh that i work with uh, it's st luke's health system uh, and the reason i work with only one is because um, i'm working really for with them full time so okay. our relationship our partnership is full time so since um, right now um, it's just me um, because i really wanted to take this practice off the ground on my own and then expand as needed, but still stay small. What about
0: how do you handle the patient billing? Do you directly bill patients, or does the hospital bill patients and then pay you uh, on a salary basis or some other type of basis?
1: Correct, the latter. So uh, the the hospital uh, bills for the patient services and my services to the patient and to the OB providers and to the hospital fee um, that is initially established. Okay. And
0: what about the what about participating with health insurance payers? Do you have to uh, participate with the payers because you're providing care to their members?
1: Again, because the hospital does all the billing, I am credentialed. Yes, with all the insurance companies that one physician will need to be in order for the hospital uh, to. You know, to bill, I am fully credentialed with all their payers, but okay. through the hospital.
0: What about your liability insurance? You mentioned that you have liability insurance. Was there any issue getting liability insurance policies that covered you across multiple states?
1: That is uh, part of the due diligence that I was talking about when setting up and maintaining a, bus- a business like this. So um, I had to do um, some research. Um, Texas Medical Association has a wealth of information, and even though this uh, this organizations may not be uh, in Texas. TMA since I'm a member is actually very very helpful in providing us with this kind of, Leads and links to be able to reach out to the insurance uh, to the insurance companies for medical liability insurance for, for the providers. Another thing I wanted to mention is even the insurance companies apparently have are undergoing a transformation. So instead of just um, giving a physician a blank type of coverage for let's say the whole state of Texas or the whole state of Indiana, they actually are becoming more streamlined. So in uh, they give you that that particular organization or healthcare system they will do the coverage i believe in um, niche type companies and practices i believe mm-hmm. that works a lot better um, and it's really affordable because imagine if I would have to cover medical evidence insurance over, you know, a three-site area, even though I work in one state or one whole state, even though I work only one organization. Um, I think it's, again, um, we are moving um, and I'm very pleased to see that it's becoming like a, almost like a refined Uh, work of art. 10 years ago, I always said that, you know, it's time to move virtually and, uh, you know, provide a smarter healthcare solution to our patients far and, you know, far and wide. It's coming rather fast. And that's really the only good thing that COVID pandemic brought about, the fact that it just made us go and take a leap of faith and say, you know, well, we can't we can do it this way. We have to reach our patient and the patients have to reach us. So let's just, you know, put our thinking hats on and come up with something better. And we did. What,
0: as I was looking at your structure and your, you mentioned you have the parent company, what What services were you providing with the parent company that are different from Telemed MFM?
1: So Again, the parent company, World Gateway, I opened it with uh, that idea to create uh, a nonprofit organization oh, okay. uh, for the humanitarian missions that I regularly undertake since 2011. I've been doing, actually, take that back, to 2008 and um, going into humanitarian missions to South America, Latin America, uh, East Africa. So um, I wanted to launch this in 2018. Well, um, the cars didn't play well because in in this favor, really, to expand that uh, or foundation, mainly because at that time, because I was so busy with running the practice.
0: So, did you did you then begin to? I guess I guess I should just ask: what was the primary motivation then to form Telemed MFM? Was it to focus more on? Uh, providing services within the U.S. in a different Correct. types of services.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. it's um, you know, we have we have so much now. Somebody, you know, from East Africa will reach out and say, "Hey, I really need your services," which they are. They do. They do need our services, uh, or if it's a matter of your medicine services. But there is so much need and so much work to be done here at home. Um, that when I created Telemed and MFM, my whole goal in mind is to provide these services here to um, our American, well, our native, let's put it this way. Our native is not only American, it's everybody that lives in America, you know, maternal medicine on high-risk pregnancy services. So what, what
0: do you see as the future for telemed MFM over the next 12 to 24 months?
1: So um, over the next, uh, so the short-term goal uh, is to uh, solidify, um, expand uh, the services, um, have, um, you know, t- get aboard board, a couple more physicians who would be interested to work uh, in this type of um, work uh, the telemedicine. It is, again, this practice is 100% virtual, 100% through telehealth. Um, it, it does have a steep learning curve um and um that that is really one of my biggest reservations um you know some specialties pick it up a little bit faster than others i am you know i'm very electronically savvy and i like to learn i think curiosity it's more than being electronically savvy it's just you know i want to learn so i you know i am very curious kind of individual a lot of um you know physicians from uh, different generations um, for different reasons, they don't feel comfortable uh, yet with the idea not being in an office, or not. Uh, if not that, uh, is the technicality of it. The, the the technology, you know, has to be embraced, and it has quirks. But just like everything else, what I usually say, when the when the system is down in the office. And you have to update it, and you have to upgrade it. The same thing here. I mean, there's no difference. You still have to write an electronic record, and you still have to look at the you know labs and the medical records to the computer. So we just have to, you know, we have to be flexible and learn. So I have to mindfully recruit this type of individuals who are interested to provide excellent medical care, who are boarded in and fair medicine, um, and who are comfortable to do this through the, through the internet waves.
0: Okay. Thank you. A question I have for you. I've talked to a lot of people about their decision to pursue an MBA. How, how did your decision to pursue an MBA uh, fit into your vision for the entrepreneurial side of your career, speaking, leadership, training, motivation, the not-for-profit can you tell us a little bit about your decision to pursue an MBA and what you thought it would add to your career?
1: Yes, so um, I'm a true believer that people change, uh, change gears, change interests through their lifetime mm-hmm. and through their professional career as well. I always wanted to be a doctor since I was in fifth grade. That was my you know, greatest dream to become a doctor and help people. And um, once I achieved that, you know, I you know loved my job. I still do. I still love my job. But then I uh, noticed that uh, physicians are kind of sided when it comes to the business of medicine and the leadership of medicine, much like, you know, when we go into the C-suite, when we have Chair at the table, or a seat at the table. rather. We want to feel like we actively are involved and uh, into the decision-making process. And um, it's not really said directly, but you could feel the, you know, the shift in the room that the physicians are on one side and the business people or the suits, as we call it, are on the other side. So um, this thought that when I, when I started noticing that, I used to say to Long time ago, I used to say, at least give us, the physicians, the illusion that we count. And I really mean that. I mean, don't, don't just, you know, we shouldn't be an afterthought. So at that time, uh, I started thinking about getting an MBA. I have a vast experience in business and a business background. I worked in real estate for a decade running a real estate company before I went to medical school. So I am very versatile in business. However, you cannot deny that I did not have a degree, a diploma. In business administration, so um, I started thinking about it. It started like a you know thought, and then um, things got in the way, life got in the way, um, you know, life, children, single parent, and then in uh, two thousand nineteen, if I want to do it and I really want to move on into the leadership role um, and have a, a diploma to back, I should look to do an MBA. So, um, I looked at MPH, uh, which is public health research versus uh, an MBA, which has a exclusive leadership track. Uh, so I chose uh, an MBA. And then I started looking more into it and I say, well, you know, I really can't do a two year. I could not see myself doing mm-hmm. a two year, uh, program. So those, there were three things that, uh, in for me, those are three things that make my, made my decision. I was looking at venue, time, and user user friendly, being user friendly to me, and uh, to me, time was of the essence where I was in my career, but also, um, you know, age plays the factor. So let's just be honest here. Um, and uh, so I started looking at um, MBA programs that are not two years. Uh, and now, you know, I can just give you my my gist about why I chose Pemba. So, I looked at the program. I knew that I needed to have, you know, a year program and not a two year program. That was very important. Um, it was a lot of work, but it was more condensed. And uh, how I used to say it, uh, actually, how I always say it, I don't like slow bleeds. Like just. Let me do it. Let me do it my way. Let me do it fast and furious. And I'm okay with that. Second, I did not want to do a two year MBA uh, that was more generalized. I wanted to do a physician geared specialized MBA. So uh, that really narrowed it down between those two. And then the curriculum format, some of them do weekends only, some of them do uh, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, that some require a lot more um, commitment during the week. And I really, I mean, I had a practice, I had a 52 people employee practice around, so I could not afford to be away from the practice for long periods of time so the way the format of the, the curriculum for, for um, PEMBA at the University of Tennessee um, and Knoxville that was the perfect fit for me.
0: Great well that is really helpful information I always like to ask everyone who comes on the shows and, and my podcast and, and the live stream is there anything that we haven't really talked about that you would like to share with the audience before we close
1: yes i am um, you know i want to first thank you the university and the program for allowing me to come on this podcast and you know this. Talk about how how are we doing here as entrepreneurs, as innovators, as trailblazers, as my colleague, uh, Dr. Rinko, Mera, and myself, you know, chose to do. And then also to impart with you all that, uh, you know, it's as scary as it may be. You'd be surprised to see that there is a lot of support out there. People, um, you know, all you have to do is ask, ask for, you know, questions have questions, be willing to be flexible, be willing to communicate. And uh, there is a lot of people out there who will support you and uh, will cheer you from, you know, from the the sidelines. Because what we do here, um, they do want to see more like us. Uh, They do because it is uh, more outside of. You know the square box, uh, variety, change, and uh, just moving forward because we we change all the time, and uh, it is important to live, you know, uh, or walk with it with the times. We can't just say, "Well, you know, we've done it all this time this way. Why change?" Well, we also used to do that. Used dial up phones. And you used to use buggies to get, you know, to whatever we need to get that we're not doing that right now. And isn't that different? Yes. Um, I think it's also better. Yes. Thank you. Well,
0: thank you very much for those final comments. It's been a great, great having you on the on the show. And I'm sure that the audience got a tremendous amount from it.
1: Thank you, Norm. You have a great day.
0: Thank you. You too, Louisa. So thank you for taking the time to join us on our inaugural PEMBA On Demand live stream. We will be having more live streams di- discussing topics similar to this, relevant to physician leaders. We will also be releasing the content from the live streams as podcasts, and we'll be releasing additional podcasts bi-weekly. Information on the podcasts and how you can subscribe and access the podcasts will be available on the major podcast players such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict, for example. A very special thank you to Kate Atchley, Executive Director of the Healthcare Division of Graduate and Executive Education at the Haslam College of Business, the University of Tennessee, and to Dr. Don Leiter, Professor of the University of Tennessee and Director of the Institute for Healthcare Quality Research and Education for both of their support for this program. Thanks also to Tom Brown, Sharath Shreeman, and Christy Knapper. CME is available for the live stream. Visit tiny.utk.edu slash PEMBA on demand to obtain your CME certificate. And we'll have this information posted in the notes as well on the, on the YouTube channel. I hope all of you enjoyed the content tonight. And I look forward to having you come back for another episode of PEMBA On Demand in two weeks. Please share this podcast with your colleagues that you feel may enjoy the content as well. I will include Dr. Caprono's contact information and her social media links in the show notes below. Please don't hesitate to reach out to her if you have any questions or comments. Or please feel free to leave us any comments and questions that you may have. We look forward to having you join us again, and thank you very much for taking the time to listen. That wraps up our show for today. Thank you very much for joining and listening to the podcast. If you have any comments or questions regarding this episode, please feel free to add them in the comment section on our website, tiny.utk.edu forward slash podcast. We love hearing from you and are happy to answer any questions you may have. I will add a link to the website below. Please also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast by clicking the subscribe button. Add PEMBA On Demand to your podcast library today. I would also appreciate it if you could leave a review of the podcast on your podcast player. Share the podcast with your friends and colleagues also. Please take good care of yourselves and as always, good luck with your future.